We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Welcome to the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm one of your hosts, John Gayhart, and I'm sitting next to the only person I would ever want to be quarantined with ever, <laughs> Amy G. Are you not rethinking that? Not about, rethinking. About month four or five? How I was months? more convinced. What did Slater say the other day? Like something about your next wife or something like that? <laughs> yeah. like, what? Uh, yeah. Where does he get that stuff? Next wife. No idea. Okay, we're recording on a Friday, mm-hmm. and it's during the day, and we may hear kids in the background, maybe may start knocking on the door because it's the Friday of a four-day weekend. Yeah. Monday's Labor Day, so no school. And today, for whatever reason, is a teacher in service. It's, te- it's student-teacher conferences. Very important. I'm all about yes. having those days. I don't love four-day weekends. No. Three-day weekends are tough. Yes. You add a four-day weekend, and it is really tough. No fun. But we just got back from student-teacher conference. And it, it is, it's not noon yet, and Mabry's already been through one t-shirt, ripped yes. almost completely off. She's had some good times already. She's had some rough times already. She's been put in her room. It's <sighs> been It's been a morning. It's been a morning, but... We'll make it. It's day one of four with no plans. We did. uh, I told Slater to run upstairs and get dressed. He came downstairs in a tie. He had an important meeting. He said, I got a meeting. I got a conference to go to. That's important. So. And so we have an amazing episode today. We have a lot to cover. We have an interview with Greg Hanna, and I'm going to introduce him later, but you will want to stick around for it. It was so awesome. This was my first time meeting him. Yeah. And I felt like we've been besties. Everybody who listens is going to feel like they've yeah, been besties. You're going to feel so like you want to be stick around. We'll introduce what he does later. And you'll feel like you want to go to Jersey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, he's later in the episode. We've got a lot to talk about, yeah. but before we get into it, we're going to give a shout out to our podcast sponsor. Real paper is life-changing toilet paper that is tree free and made from hundred percent bamboo with home delivery straight to your doorstep. Never run out of toilet paper again as you choose how often you want them to deliver, and shipping is free. Did you know that there are 2.4 billion people with no access to a toilet? Every roll purchased from Real helps support their mission to provide access to clean toilets to those in need around the world, while also giving American households a way to reduce their carbon footprint. Our listeners can get 25% off of your first order by using the coupon code TOTALLYWORTHIT. That's all one word and all lowercase. Order today at realpaper.com. Real paper. Do good. Feel good. So the coolest thing about real paper, I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a cool product. Their mission is cool. I love everything about them. This delivery thing, it could be life changing. Like for us, you never want to run out of toilet paper. But for other people, I got one person in mind and we can't say his name, but we have a good friend. He is like around 40 years old, somewhere around there. And he will not buy toilet paper at the store. He will. He I won't do it. I forgot who this is. I, well, we can't. I'll tell you off air. And it's because <laughs> it's can't. the funniest thing ever because he. This person has to be single. For sure single. But I was about to say, because <laughs> there's no way. Because he thinks that when he goes to check out and he checks out with toilet paper, <laughs> that there's an. He thinks that there's an awkward interaction, an unspoken interaction between him and the cashier. And the cashier is thinking, I know what you're about to do <laughs> for this guy. Yes. This will make a life changer because now he orders off of Amazon so yeah. that he doesn't have to do it. We used to, like, I've had to go buy toilet paper. For well, him. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And the thing. No, I mean, I've had to buy it for him. Oh, how funny. <laughs> okay. Because well, he doesn't like that experience. I mean, everybody uses it. Hopefully everybody uses it. So this is, so real paper, love your product. Yeah. Your regular shipping is going to be, could be a game changer. 
<laughs> we're gonna get one guy signed up. <laughs> we're gonna get done. 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 Done uh, deal. So, Amy, now it's time for the segment called. See what had happened was. What do you have for us this week? Well, I'm not scared of a lot of stuff. Would you agree? I would agree. You're you're not scared of near as many things as I am. Right. Like, there's not a lot of things that I would lose sleep over. Tell me how you feel about this headline. Funeral home. I'm already already out. I'm already scared. (laughs) Scared now. Funeral home finds woman with cerebral palsy still alive. I'm horrified. By whatever this is going to be, I'm already horrified because I don't know... Is this person buried? Is this person, where is this person? Okay, I'll tell you. So this just happened, August 26th in Detroit. Tamisha Beauchamp. Beauchamp, I even, I'm a professional newswoman. So I did research how to pronounce that name and I got three different answers. Boucher. But it's champ at the end. It's not how you pronounce Boucher. Anyways, Tamisha Beauchamp is what I'm going to say right now. 20 year old woman. She was at home and had a seizure. Paramedics come. And I think that they tried to revive her. Okay. But, you know, with cerebral palsy, it affects how your muscles work and everything. So she was just having difficulty breathing. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the verdict is still out on whether the paramedics kind of gave up because of her being disabled or just assuming that she was already dead. And they're saying that, or they're at least mentioning a possibility that they gave up because she was disabled. Well, because of the disability controls your muscles and on and on and on. So it was keeping her from breathing. Okay. So she's still alive. I mean, she's in a body bag at the morgue. This says the embalmer went to open the body bag to start doing work and she had a pulse and was breathing. So the paramedics at her house, do you know the missing, how she got from her house to the morgue? Was there a hospital? No, there wasn't a hospital. She was pronounced dead on the scene. Yes. And, but now she's on a vent in the hospital. So she is still alive. And it, but she has never come to, like, been able to talk or anything. Right. Or maybe she's nonverbal to begin with. She could be. Oh, my gosh. The I verdict mean, that, is still out. Dun, dun, dun. This is this is a fear of anybody. Well, and this is, part of the story says there's no question that someone made a mistake in pronouncing her dead. But who made it and how it happened is still unclear. And was there negligence? Was there negligence? Or did, for all we know, they went through everything and her pulse wasn't showing up or something. Yeah. You know, I mean... You don't always give people the benefit of the doubt, especially these days, but there's something like that. that yeah, could so she's on a respirator in critical condition. Mm. Her heart rate is up and her blood pressure is low. So that's hopefully oh she can pull through this. Um, but yeah, after the seizure and then some are saying that maybe she had a heart attack during that time as well. But the entire scenario is just... It's murky. Like, there's not a good report to it, but so, so sad. It's going to come out, and we have to follow up. So You'll hear it here, folks. But no, that's so... That's scary. That's scary. Okay, a body bag is one thing, but coffin in the ground, being buried alive? Anything... Can you imagine? No. No, that's the... I mean, everybody's afraid of that. Whether we know it or not, we're all afraid of that. When you hear a story like that, might have to be the worst. And this story would be a strange story anyway, and it would be one that we would probably talk about anyway. The cerebral palsy thing brings in a whole other part of the story, and that's what I'm most interested to see what comes out. Is does the cerebral palsy piece now? It definitely. I'm sure that it had an impact on how they, you know, how she presented when she was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whether there that had anything to do with how they responded. That's where that's the, well, that's it can where get it's really murky. Yeah. That's where it's murky. I'm gonna think no. I'm just gonna say that I hope the not. fact that she had a disability had nothing to do with how they responded. The problem is, will we ever really know if that's why they stopped compressions and doing all of that kind of stuff? Right. So who knows? I think 
listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Dr. Marlena Evans on Days of Our Lives was buried alive at one point. Sounds about it. She probably still is. I bet if we turned it on today, whatever scene you saw, yeah. she's still there. Probably. Because you turn she it on every five years and it's the same. by the devil at that point. Mm-hmm. She was at one point. So I will follow up on this story. I'm going to keep looking. But be praying for Tamisha. So well, what do you got? So I have a, a story that is a little bit along the same lines. I asked you if you had heard of Daniel Prude. And you said no. This Daniel is last night. Prude. I heard about it for the first time um, two days ago. and I've I been, might have heard and just don't know the name. Yeah. And I've been reading up ever since. And this, so I'm going to tell you the story. First off, you need to know that this happened back in March. And it didn't get a lot of pub because of quarantine mm-hmm. and because of COVID. He's in Rochester, New York, a 41-year-old black guy, mm-hmm. Daniel Prude. And he, I think this was where I haven't been able to find real facts. All signs point to he's had a history of some mental health conditions. Okay. But other than that, seems to be an independent guy. So he he comes to his brother's house in Rochester, New York, unannounced one night. And he's having a bit of a mental breakdown. Kind of storms in. Things aren't going good. He's not stable. His brother's trying to get him under control. He storms out of the house, strips down completely naked, mm-hmm. and starts walking down the street. Okay. okay. So his brother calls the cops. That sounds like Friday night at our house. <laughs> <laughs> or Sorry. a Wednesday morning. You Sorry. Never know. <laughs> you, you never know. Sorry. Carry on. So the brother calls the cops to say, my brother's having a mental breakdown. I need... So he, does he have a diagnosis? Did you mention that? I couldn't find anything. Okay. I couldn't... I, I couldn't find any firm in facts about his mental condition. Okay. All signs point to he had had a history of it, gotcha. but I didn't even find that for sure. So listeners out there, if you, if I'm saying anything wrong, please call me out. Let me know. Just know it's, you know, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really did try to research. Um, seven police officers come. They end up on the side. I don't, I, I don't know if they all came at once, but it ends up there's seven police officers and Daniel is being very cooperative. Uh-huh. Okay. Now he's, he's, he's on his knees. Um, he keeps spitting, but he's not spitting at them. He's spitting on the ground. Okay. So they put a spit hood on him. Okay. Okay. And now he's laying on the ground on his stomach and repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over. It sounds to me like an autism type of repetitive thing. Uh-huh. It doesn't say that. It just says over and over and over. So one of the police officers presses his face against the pavement Mm -hmm. until he's quiet. Okay. He gets quiet. They can't bring him back. Mm -mm. The paramedics come, give CPR, take him to the hospital. The only option was to give him on a, get him on a ventilator. Seven days of no brain activity. Oh, geez. And his family pulls him off the ventilator. He passes away seven days later. Did you see a video of this? No. In fact, one of the reasons that it's been so quiet, like we didn't know here, we didn't hear about it. Now, New York was one of the hotspots for COVID. So it was getting there like that was all the New York stuff. Okay. But there was no video. And so it seems that the police officers sold it up the chain that it was a drug overdose. Okay. That, mm-hmm. That's all what happened this week or some, something happened this week to where the family found a body camera. That had been on one of the police officers got that video, which I haven't seen, but I saw a picture of it, turned it in. Mm-hmm. And that's when all this went down and the autopsy comes back that that it was basically suffocation. <sighs> and so this week I was really hoping to share a fun story uh-huh. after last week was real heavy and we yeah. talked a lot about social injustice. I wasn't going to go there this week. And that's not what the story about is about. Yes, this is a, a black man. Okay. That's what a lot of the pub might go that route. Mm-hmm. That's not the route that I, that's not the reason I brought this story. Um, first off, let me just finish before I give my thoughts. Here's what the mayor of Rochester said. Mr. Daniel Prude was failed by our police department, our mental health system and our society. And he was failed by me. Rochester's mayor announced the officers in the death of Daniel Prude have been suspended. Okay. So this is what I wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. This is a huge fear of parents with special needs. Yes. And and that fear probably looks different based on what their child looks like. Mm-hmm. And so 
you and I, and you'll hear a lot of people talk about, you know, special needs doesn't have a certain look. Right. Right. Well, the reality is, is some special needs do have a certain look. Uh-huh. You can't say, oh, you don't look autistic. Autism doesn't come with a certain look. But there are things, you know, Downs comes with a look. And then some some people, you can look at them or observe them for 30 seconds and you'll know. Mabry's one of those. Mm-hmm. You can observe Mabry for 30 seconds. But we know a lot of people that you would have, you could be around them for two hours and not know. Right. You just wouldn't know. And so our fear is not really this. Our fear is not that a police officer is going to do something bad to Mabry. Our fears are more into sexual predators yes, because she's nonverbal. Right. And how would we ever know? So that's where our fears are. There's a lot of people that we know and a lot of families out there where their fear is this uh-huh. because maybe they get pulled over by the cops. Maybe their child or adult, whatever, how old they might be, is in the car and acting crazy yeah, and looks like they're not cooperating and in reality has autism or has something going on and the police respond in a certain way. Yeah. So that's a huge fear that well, this brought up. I have a friend and I know she would not mind me sharing this because she shared it on social media. Um, but her boys um, had the police called on them last week. They're, t- they're 20 years old. Um, and the police were called on them because someone reported that they were hitting their head against a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't doing that. Um, but... I think just like so, social justice includes everybody. So it includes race. It includes um, socioeconomic, you know, but it also includes special needs. So at the same time that we are retraining um, the way people think about race and about color, this is the same time to retrain our brains on how people think about those with special needs and mental health. My question is, this man's completely naked. What is he going to do to somebody when there's seven cops there? We are not anti-police. We're pro-police. The, absolutely. We love, we love them. We, I mean. Police in our community are some of the most important people in Mabry's village. Absolutely. Love them. Absolutely. That's not what this is about, by the way. This is not. No. So don't send me your messages. We love police. I think that they are brave. I think that they do a fantastic job. But this, I think it's a great time to retrain, teach. And and, and there's a lot of police departments that are doing a fantastic job at this mm-hmm. learning, you know, about autism. And I think autism's getting a good grasp. I think we need to work on mental health yeah. because obviously this seems like mental, health. this seems like a mental, mental health issue. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the fears of parents of how their kid is going to react. That's the problem. You know, we have a book at Blue Sky and I have an emergency form for each client. And it says, how does your child respond to police, sirens? You know, we need to know all that. And then the police department knows. Mm -hmm. And so if they were to pull up, we can say, hey, he's a runner or Hey, he may get aggressive, you know, so being able to know that, but that's at a safe place. That's at a therapeutic community. When you're at Bucky's, you know, you may not have that option to be able. And even if, um, you know, obviously most people aren't going to be by themselves. This man was, but if he had a family member there, would they even listen to Well, and the family member was there. And the yeah. brother, the brother was there. And that's part of this big thing is the brother is the one who called them to say, help. Oh, gosh. And this is all, you know, everything keeps saying of how he was being cooperative. Mm-hmm. It was the spitting and it was the talking repetitively. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to be quiet. And so this one is, it's hard to bring it to relate exactly to us right. because mental health is not something that we even know that much about or have a lot of good answers, but it just brings up one of those fears that, that we deal with. We deal with it in a little bit of a different way, but a lot of parents that we know deal with this exactly. Yeah. And you know, just if society knew more about, um, autism, they would know flapping, you know, some people may want someone to calm down 
when they're stimming, if they knew that stimming did calm them down, mm-hmm. you know, like flapping their hands like that is calming them down yeah. or, you know, hitting their leg is calming. Like they're trying by stimming, they're trying to self-regulate themselves. Yeah. And so just, I think more awareness. I know that's hard, yeah. but along with awareness, you need action. And so that would mean getting your police staff trained. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so sad. That's right. terrible. Well, those were two bad stories that we brought today. We need to man. We need to lighten this sucker up. We what? need to lighten it up. We need a dance party or something. <laughs> What's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? All right. So this will lighten it up a little bit, maybe. All right. But I'm gonna get some. I might get some backlash. Oh, geez. from you. Oh, maybe Lord. not. What'd you do? All right. So Amy, you heard me have this conversation with Jack in our house about two weeks ago. When I learned that now Jack and I are wired a lot alike, but there's some ways that we're different. And when I was his age, I was girl crazy. Uh-huh. And I'm, I do not want to talk about Jack's um, relationships or whatever. This is, that's his story. I yes. don't want to, he, we don't, we're not here to share that, but he was telling me, so Jack is a part of partners PE, uh-huh. one of his electives uh-huh. where he assists the kids in the special needs class in PE class. Uh-huh. He did it last year, but he wasn't in the same class as Mabry. Uh-huh. This year, he's actually in the same class as Mabry. Mm-hmm. Now, people who know Jack know that he has a heart for people with special needs anyway. Right. And, and is super, super close with Mabry. And so in Partners PE, he's not one of her helpers. No. He's helping somebody else. So he said, hey, I had to go chase Mabry down the hall today and rescue her. And I said, well, I don't know if he was rescuing her right. or rescuing her partners. Right. And I said, well, what did what did her partner do? And he said, oh, well, she, she has two partners. And I said, well, what did they do? And well, and he said, well, they didn't know how to respond. So I went and got her and brought them back. And I said, um, well, tell me about these two partners of hers. And he said, they're they're both girls. And I'm like, oh, OK. And I said, well, do you know them? Are you friends? And, and he said, no, they're seniors. And, oh, I, yeah. and I dropped my silverware. It was during dinner. <laughs> I dropped my silverware. And I'm like, hold up, Jack. Here's what you got to know how to take advantage of this. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay, you've got senior girls here, and they see you're helping, and they see your heart for your sister. You got to play this. You've got to be a, now. You need to start like one of these girls. One of these girls could be your homecoming date. Oh all right, goodness. if you play this right, you've got. And so you know, we are not about exploiting Mabry. No. We're not about any of that. But hey, hey, there's times when when girls see Jack's heart yes. for his sister. Yeah, for sure. And he's got to learn how to play that. So there you go. Isn't that's my? Isn't that special? Isn't that this special? Week? Sometimes you got to use it to your advantage. Sometimes you got to use this to your advantage. And when Jack learns this. I'm telling you. I am telling you. That's awesome. That's funny. Um, So Mabes has been doing great at school. Um, If y'all listen to us any amount of time, you know, she loves the school bus. She could ride on a school bus all day long. The problem right now is she doesn't want to get off the school bus. And it's not because she wants to stay on it all day. No. It's because she wants to be defiant. She's being defiant. But does she have a problem getting off the bus at school? At times. At times. Because what you're talking about is on the way home. Right. And on the way home. Or once she gets home. Right. She, it's a long day. She's exhausted. She is so tired. And if she can find something to be defiant about that she knows that we have zero control over. She's going to do it. And so we've been having trouble getting her off of the school bus. Um, one day in particular, we got her off of the bus. The bus drove off, but we weren't able to get her inside the house. And <laughs> so we're in the front yard and I think she might have ripped her shirt all the way off. All the way. She was mad. She was fighting this day. She was Who, kicking. She was punching. Yeah. I don't, we don't even know. We were all covering up and playing defense. At that point, her, <laughs> she had on jeans and I think they had like dropped down below. I mean, it was more than a plumber crack. Yes. It was full on. Boot, full moon. Full moon. And um, yeah, she was fighting mad. 
I and Slater opened the front door and was like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> like this. So we're trying. I think Jack was out there with Jack us. Was out so there, yeah. like we had three people to wear. Surrounded. If and the house was playing defense on the other side, but hopefully we blocked the view from some of the neighbors. But hey, if you haven't had a full on fight in the front yard with your naked 17 year old, <laughs> are you really living? And luckily <laughs> our neighbors love Mabel. They do. And they all know her. They know what's going on. They're not sitting there watching. Oh They're probably gosh. keeping their kids from yeah. watching. They're like, hey, she's having a rough time, but she's also got this new high-pitched scream that could wake the dead Mm -hmm. it is so loud and so anybody's gonna look when that scream happens it's just so all that to say it took a very long time she was covered in grass when she got in and all of this took place at 4 45 on a Tuesday afternoon yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But the best thing, and John and I talk about this all the time, like Mad Mabry is the worst. Like it stinks. It's awful. Like it's, it's hard. I had a handful of hair pulled out. Oh, she bit my finger. My finger was gushing blood. So those things were just happening. But then when she gets inside, that completely exhausts her. Mm-hmm. So tired Mabes. This is the best. And the, in trouble, Mabes. Those are the two best. Those are the best because she is just calm and chill. What our neighbors would be amazed at mm-hmm. is what they if they saw what was going on in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And once they saw us go in, if they knew that probably seven minutes later, she was already in pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> and laying in my lap. Yeah. And we almost didn't hear from her again until the next day. Right. Like seven minutes. Right. That's how quick of a turnaround. Yeah, I think you posted this week that even when y'all fight, like she's quick to make up. Yes. She she forgets very she has a memory like an elephant, but she can let it go really quick. She forgives. Yeah. All right. But she doesn't forget. <laughs> but she doesn't forget. That's what I meant to say. All right. Amy G, what you digging this week? So I don't know if it's this week in general, but a couple of weeks ago, I learned about Google Forms. Yes, Do you, you know did. what this is? You've showed me. You've talked to me. I I've... I don't know why I'm late to the party. My friend Jenny introduced me to Google Forms. This is helping me so much in planning our big gala that's coming up for Blue Sky. It's coming up in October. Because you were showing me. I'm, I slowly adopt Google things one at a time because yeah. I'm such an Apple person. Yeah. But I'm, so now I'm into a lot of the Google oh, stuff, but I'm not on sense. Forms. Forms but is great. What you were showing me, I was like... Oh my gosh. It's so great. And I don't know why I didn't know this. Like schools have been sending them for ages and I just now figured it out. But it has helped so much with signing people up to host homes for our gala coming up. Volunteers taking t-shirt orders. My gosh. I might start um, sending Google Forms to see what y'all want for dinner. Okay. I'll be- <laughs> But I'll then get at the into bottom, Google it's going to say, who's going to the grocery store? <laughs> Sign up here. Yep. Check yes. And so, Horses and Hope, how many host homes do you have? We, well, we had 40. And then you fired somebody? Well, no, two dropped out. It's okay. It's okay. So, we're down to 38. I think one more is going to... I would like to see... 60. Let's shoot for 50. Listeners out there. Listeners. We can do 60. Hey, listen, guys. This is... Can I do a little plug yeah, here? Yeah, do a plug. Okay. I would love to. So Horses and Hope is our annual gala. Gala, gala, depends on where you're listening from. Ruth calls it a gala gala. A gala gala. That's right. Um, So it's coming up October 17th. Um, Of course, with COVID, we have to do things differently this year. Usually it's about 300 of our closest friends under a tent at Blue Sky with dinner and dancing and a live auction and a silent auction and just a ton of fun. Our writers perform. It's just really, it's a fun night, wouldn't you say? Oh my, it's one of the best. Highlights of the year. It's the best. So this year, of course, we have to do it differently. Um, This gala is responsible for 30 to 35% of our annual budget. Crucial. So we don't have a choice of whether we have it or not. You know, with small nonprofits, donations are already down. Uh, Giving is down. Um, Grants 
are not granting, you know, because they've turned their efforts towards COVID relief. We 100% understand that. Um, but we have to have the scala to keep blue skies doors open. I'm not even, yeah. I'm not, I'm not blowing that out of proportion. Like no, that's the serious truth. We're doing fine. We just know if this doesn't go well, we're going to be hurting. Yep. And that means that we won't be able to continue reaching as many special needs families. Okay. So um, we have asked friends of Blue Sky to host a mini gala at their house, and it can be as many people as you're comfortable with. I think most are doing between eight and 15 people. And 10 is still the magic number Ten's for magic, gathering, right? Yes, 10 the magic the social number. social distancing. Now, if you're at some who have a big backyard, mm-hmm. a lot of our people have horse farms, and so they're able to spread out a lot more than most. And this could be a formal dinner at a din- dining table. It could be on a picnic table. It, could it be can be anywhere. lawn chairs in your front yard. You just got to have a screen and the internet. Right? Yeah, that's it. If you've got Wi-Fi at your house. And Blue Sky's delivering dinner? We are delivering dinner straight to your door. But if they're not in the Dallas area, then what? We will get them whichever they prefer, but DoorDash, Uber Eats, we'll get you some sort of credit that will deliver food to your door. So it's no cost to be a host home and you get a free dinner. And wine and all your drinks. I'm going to be a host home. No, you're not. You're emceeing it with me. Jip. Good gosh. Anyway, so we're super excited about this and we have a goal to raise $75,000 at this event. Easy. Well, we've never raised that much before. This year, you got it. So, listeners, if you're listening, listeners, if you're listening, <laughs> really? Yeah, they want to listen to you speak at a guy. <sighs> Don't forget, I'm MCing. <laughs> <laughs> but you do not have to be local. That's what I'm saying. You can be in Austin, San Antonio. You can be in North Carolina. You can be in California. It doesn't matter. Um, just 10 friends at your house. Watch John and I act a fool. Just That's kidding. We're not gonna, doing that right now. Hey, we're not acting a fool. It, it's a cool presentation. It's a cool video. And you just get to learn more about Blue Sky. You get to um, see videos that our writers made. And it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait. Can October 17th. October 17th. All you got to do is send Amy G through Instagram a message that you want to be a host Send me a home, message and, and we will get done. you hooked up. Yes. It'd be super simple. It's a great way to get involved, but it costs you nothing. So you just hogged all the what you're digging time. Sorry. But I'm going to talk anyway. Here's what I'm digging this week. I've done a pretty good job in the last 10 to 12 years with trying to surround myself with people that can speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I've, I've intentionally had people that I felt could speak into my life. And then I've kind of also had people where I've spoken into their life. Yeah. And what I realized, and you helped me realize, you kind of called me out on this. Um, I don't, and let's say I don't do that a lot. You don't. And I'm so glad that you did. But things have changed probably over the last two or three years mm-hmm. where the people that were intentionally speaking into my life weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. People changed jobs. People moved to a different town. Whatever happens, happens. And it, it was, I didn't even realize it was happening until it had already happened. And we're sitting um, one night and you said... Who do you have right now that you're meeting with on a consistent basis that's pouring into you? Right. And you followed that up by say by saying, I see you constantly trying to, you know, pour into people. Mm-hmm. Who's pouring into you? And I didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, you and I together, were talking about, well, who could that be? And all that to say, I'm now a few weeks into a regular weekly meeting with a, a newly close friend. That um, I it's it's life changing. Yeah, it's now it it has me and we're in the Bible mm-hmm. each week and we're having deep conversations and it just gets me it like reinvigorates and gets me thinking and now the six days a week that I'm not meeting with him I'm thinking about it and I'm diving into scripture and I'm trying to interpret something myself and I'm wanting to speak more about it and I remember that's how it used to be, yeah. you know, eight years ago. Whenever I was in the groove, mm-hmm. um, that's what that's how it was. And we were leading a couple of Bible studies and I was going to other Bible studies and they, the, a season has just changed to where I haven't been into that. And so now a few weeks into this regular meeting, I feel the change. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm digging right now. And that's my encouragement is first, thank you for speaking that to me and calling me out on that. 
and um, and anybody who doesn't have that, and I think a lot of people probably don't and don't even know where to start, and that's okay. Um, approach it however you think that you can. Yeah. But you need, we all need people that are pouring into us. That's right. And regularly and intentionally, not my buddy that I talk to every day. It's the intentional, we're yes. going to sit for an hour, we're going to drink coffee, and we're going to re- do this. Yeah. And that can look different yeah. to everybody. The two people that I do that with aren't local. Yeah. You know, so it's usually group text, and that's just how it works. And you know kind of my motto I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. So I don't have a ton of friends. I'm totally okay with that. Um, I would rather have four like super close quality, just those, my rocks Mm -hmm. rather than having a hundred acquaintances. So I encourage everybody to get one, at least one quarter. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to make that into a t-shirt? Everybody should have one quarter. Get your coda. <laughs> Get your coda ready. <laughs> All right. So let me introduce you to Greg Hanna. Greg reached out to me a few months ago through Instagram. I had no idea who he was. And we then talked a few times. And Greg works for the Office of Disabled Services at Villanova University. Villanova is in Philly. And we're in Dallas. And don't even, I mean, we know Villanova plays basketball. That's about it. We have no affiliation. And when I learned, he runs a program there called Level. And when I learned about this program, I got so excited. And the reason that he reached out to me was just to find out how the Abled Movement and how Run Maybe Run could be a part of their organization and how they could support us. Um, but in since then, I've been on a Zoom call with their leadership team. It's all student run. Their whole mission is to really amp up this inclusive campus at Villanova University. Uh-huh. But they don't do it as just make sure there's ample ramps to get into the classroom. It's how do you how are you included socially and how do you thrive socially yes. to help your college experience. And so now Greg, just his personality, when you listen to him, you will be fired up because he's fired up. Yeah, you can you can hear the passion yes. in his voice. We've got about 15 minutes of our interview plugged into this podcast, but we've got the full one hour interview on our YouTube channel Yeah, that you really need to go watch from. And let me tell you who's going to benefit. Who's going to benefit is if you have a student that has a disability, a special need, a handicap, but is going to go to college, Mm -hmm. has a future of going to college. You need to listen. If you are a parent of a student who is a normal student, but has a heart for special needs and wants to be a part of that on a campus, you need to listen. We have a nephew who is majoring in special education. He's a student right now. He's a football player. Zane, you need to go listen. You need to listen and you need to start this program. Because this is going to give you so much hope, not that your kid has to go to Villanova to experience it, but give you so much hope of what can happen on a college campus. And it, and College is not in our vision for Mabry. Right. She hasn't passed a first grade math test, much less getting ready for college. But I'm so hopeful for other families that we know that do have kids going to college. And I'm so hopeful for people like Jack, who I could see him doing this yeah. when he's on a college campus. Sure. If he goes on a college campus. So I'm telling you, this interview is fire. You yeah. need to go not only listen to it now, the, the 15 minute version, Go over to our YouTube channel and watch that one hour version because Greg is going to fire you up. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Greg Hanna. Can you just start off by telling us what is Level? Um, What do you currently do? Where did it come from? How long has it been around and where do you hope to see it go? Uh, My supervisor and boss, Stephen McWilliams, who spent the past 30 years doing everything he can to make Villanova accessible and academically successful for students of all abilities, saw Frank as an opportunity to continue to further his mission and then had asked me um, if I would consider coming with Frankie. And then I had to ask Steve if it would be okay for me to do that and become a part of his team, however needed. And that first came as a private subcontractor, almost like an aide as we often see in schools to support Frank academically as people were starting to understand what life would be like with a nonverbal student in a motorized wheelchair with full-time personal care attendants taking care of his every need. So Steve gave me the opportunity to come in 
and to work with Frank specifically. Um, but also I had spoken to Steve about the idea of branching out and building more of a social atmosphere around Frank because for any student that's coming to Villanova with a disability, they all have met their minimum requirements to attend Villanova. And those requirements, if you look them up, are very high STT scores, very high ACT scores. Tuition is very expensive. Um, and it's something that it's a private Northeast Augustinian school with a great mission and great values, but that all comes with certain things and certain levels of expectations. So I knew that Frank would be okay in the classroom, 100%, as did Villanova, but it was, you know, would he connect with our campus and how he would connect with our campus and what would it take for him to connect with our campus? And I think, you know, that's kind of where I came into play, but, you know, luckily Frank is a very outgoing, incredible individual that, while nonverbal, talks more than almost anyone that I know <laughs> through a language board and through a computer device, he just doesn't quit. He already texted me today, you know, so it's one of those things where here's a guy where you, his whole life, people always wondered what was going to come out when it came out, but it just keeps going. So all those things put together with Frank being at Nova and with another guy, Nikki Gaynor, being a student with CP, we had these two great students who also wanted to advocate and be a part of like the, the social fabric of a college institution. And I was just fueled by the opportunity to guide them in hopes that maybe some other students would come into our lives that would then want to continue to build out. And that's where level kind of got started. So, so Ari and I met and uh, like any college student that came into an office and say, Hey, I have an idea for a club. You know, I'd like to start it. What does that entail? And it's like, well, you need, I was like, send me some ideas for what you have and what you would like to see this group do. And then we can start to build from there. And then about an hour later, I had a 57 slide PowerPoint of what level <laughs> was going to be without the name at that point yet, but what this group was going to be. And then I knew I had to hold on to her because she was a go-getter. And, and Ari became the student founder of this club called Level. And basically for all the fans and people listening, when they're like, oh, these names, everything that you do, right? Like the Able Movement and Running with Mavery and all these things, right? All these names, they're so cool. And it's like, how'd you think of it? I literally said, hey, Google, words with the letter V in the middle because of going over. <laughs> I like it. I get a list of words. I start looking through all of them. And, I level, and I'm like, level the playing field, balancing scales. And then I said to Ari, I was like, what do you think? And she was like, this sounds pretty cool. So that's literally how level the name was, was founded in that sense. Well, first no, uh, of all, these names, Ari and Frankie, like, I feel like I'm set in Philly right now. <laughs> so Ari and Frankie and Nikki and a bunch of our students became this, like, just an opportunity to tell a story um, by just exposure. So Level started in 2011. This is our 10-year, which has been a huge thing. And Level is a student group that allows any student of any ability to come into our lives and engage in a accessible college experience but the reason why level now we feel has been successful is just because of the nature of our college students at Villanova who believe in in mission and in, in our Augustinian values but we had we had students with disabilities that didn't like need to have their story told but wanted to be a part of the fabric and then our office would try to take care of the accessibility piece to allow for the safety and security to not be an issue so that they can then go enjoy it sounds like Level's just totally changing the social narrative and how, you know, those with disabilities are looked at from afar. And maybe it's um, ignorance because you weren't raised around somebody. But the even, you know, 10 years ago, the, the story has changed. The narrative has changed. You could have 10 people that say they have CP and none of them are the same. Right. No two disabilities are the same, right? So yeah. we have to make sure that we show... The academic support first to show how we believe they would be successful in the classroom and what those accommodations would be. The extra time on tests, the private testing space, the ability to copy notes, any kind of auxiliary aids. I mean, we go through all those things to try to like bring the anxiety down a little bit, right? And then they go, I'm thinking about living on campus. I want to live here. What's that look like? I need a private bathroom. I need, you know, my own space for my medical equipment. I need an extra refrigerator to keep my stuff. 
then we connect with our housing team. And then when they come back to us and they're like, okay, I figured out like how to be at Villanova. Like I can go to class, I can live there and I can get around. I can go to class, but there's a whole bunch of other great stuff that happens on a college campus. How do I do that? And that's when they start to come into what level is. Cause there's so much of their, our students stories. We don't know. Cause it's, it's, we leave at five o'clock and the campus is open for a long time. So yeah. there's so many things that, you know, that I try to let our students do the talking for in hopes that that also develops their, their leadership structure, their public speaking. It's full service. Like, you know, it's for them to be better people when they leave here. And this is just a great place to do that. If you take it all and then you try to go apply it to a different place, like you can take everything I'm saying and then go ask a school in, in Texas, in Delaware, in Connecticut, in Iowa, wherever. Because the stuff we're saying should be universal. So even if they get done with me and they're like, this ain't the place, then at least they can go ask other places, do you do these things, right? So that's where, you know, I enjoy the family talk in hopes that even if they don't choose Villanova, that it, maybe it helps them no matter where their plan goes. That leads to my question, which I think would be at the top of any parent who's listening to this right now. What's at the top of their mind? I think I'm going to ask it on their behalf. Is we hear of this great program called Level at Villanova, and we know that other universities have, probably all universities, have to have an office like yours by law, I would imagine. Do you know of any other universities that have taken that office and built a program like Level that is even doing anything that you've ever heard of remotely the same or on that type of level? That word, that word just works, man. It's, it just, it just works. Words with the letter V in the middle. So, yeah, people, people listening right now are saying, "Dang, Villanova's far," or "Dang, Villanova's yeah. hard to get into," or yes. whatever it might be. I would tell families to start getting online, and and there's um, through like a head, right, the National Association for uh, Disability and Higher Education. So I would look at a head because from a head you can look at what they call. Um, I wrote it down, they're called dream chapters. So it's like disability rights, education, activism, and mentoring. So AHEAD is this national organization for disability and higher ed. And then they have this like college sect where a dream tries to set up chapters at universities, right? And then like, so they call Villanova and say, hey, like, do you guys have something? And we talk about level and they go, okay, well, we don't need to put dream in at your school. But you could be like an affiliate of who the things we do. And there's a lot of things online about clubs or organizations that colleges have that are disability focused, right? So you can look up all these different colleges and it might be something focused primarily on autism or something completely focused on, you know, diabetes or something completely focused on sleep disorders or something completely focused on blind or deaf or mobility, spinal cord injuries. There's all these different opportunities to see through um, the dream kind of affiliate. So someone just put in like dream chapters through a head, you will stumble upon these links that can get you just a list to look at. Ever since you and I connected for the first time and I heard about Level and I heard this story, it was something that I didn't even know existed and it had never crossed my mind that it should exist or could exist. It never, never crossed my mind. But since then, which has been a few months, I have found myself dreaming, like daydreaming about university campuses having an organization like Level on their campus and how many people could benefit from it. And I think that there's people right now listening or watching that are hearing about this also for the first time. And they're also going to be daydreaming about, oh my gosh, we have to go, we have to spread the word that this is a possibility. And not that we can duplicate Greg and what he does or clone him, but there's things out there that are possible. And I just, I see so much, I see light bulbs going off and I see so much hope coming from just hearing the story and about level. But I'm happy that they can see that there is some continuation of people being involved in disability advocacy and awareness. So that, like I said, they might go home and be like, man, I wish my son or daughter could have experienced this. But there's also been that rise in inclusion education on college campuses for people with different cognitive abilities where they can come come to a college campus, get a college experience, take some classes, potentially certificate programs. I mean, there is some movement in the inclusion education piece um, that even our school was involved in through a great program called Be United. Um, so it's it's things that we try to do, but, you know, 
in the initial sense, I was asking students that were involved in Special Olympics. Now, this is, again, 10 years ago. All of you are lining up to be a part of this weekend. And then when the trucks and the buses and the athletes all go away, we have over X amount of students that are here right now who are your college peers yeah. getting to know. And they're going to walk the stage with you at graduation. They're going to be in your class. Like, if you're really all in, like, let's see what yeah. else you got. So I was trying to test a little bit in the initial sense, which, again, I'm sure some days worked and some days didn't, right? But, but You mentioned earlier that, yeah, you you guys do sometimes speak with families and stuff like that. I can imagine, um, you know, mother hens out there can sometimes hold their kids back, you know, just for, you know, you've raised this child for this many years and you're like putting them out in the world. And that's scary. I'm sure to a lot of families, what would be um, your best piece of advice for families who are kind of like, Oh, I'm not sure about this. As long as we can convey that we have a plan in place, we can keep them safe. They, they can get their degree because when they're coming here, they're coming to graduate, right? There's like that evolution. before. Just the idea in the nineties of someone going to a college and taking a college class was like the first check. And then it became, you know, taking a, a year and then taking two years, getting the associates, going to a four year institution. Like, like we're so past all that now. Mm-hmm. They want a job. They're not coming to talk to me and say, Hey, is my son or daughter going to pass calculus? They're going to say, Hey, are you getting my son or daughter a job when they graduate? Yeah. Someone steps into our office. If they've been fighting for 18 years or they've had a great time advocating for their son or daughter for that time, most likely it's going to be a great transition to our office. But there are people that come in and you can tell that they've, they're tired. They've done a lot of fighting. They've done a lot of meetings. They're tired. And they don't want you to be the next one, right? Yeah. So you have to be ready for that too. And, and one thing I can say is, is you always meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. I see a family that comes in, if they're tired, I have to understand that they're tired. And I can't give them the full, you know, hype that we can bring. I got to let them be tired and explain hopefully why they won't have to be tired. And when someone comes in and they're fired up and ready to go, they're getting a full dose of me and they're going to hear exactly <laughs> what, what this office can do. And if there's someone that's on the fence because they're newly diagnosed and they don't want people to know, then I have to meet them right there and talk about how I'm not going to go stand on the top of the bookstore and yell that you got this new diagnosis, but you need to start knowing that now is the time to talk to your faculty and staff. And now is the time to talk to these people about what you might need so that when you go into the work world, it's not the first time when you're trying to get a job and you have to talk to HR about something you need. So I always try to meet our students where they are and, and just see where the road takes them. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that portion of Greg's interview. Remember that you can go check out the entire one hour interview on our YouTube channel to learn more about Villanova's level and Greg Hanna. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a comment, Give us a rating, whatever it is you do. And also go subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Come back next week for another awesome episode. See ya. Bye.